Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Thankful Giving, a Radical Gift, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on November 26th, 2017. I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Hope you were blessed. Hope you were encouraged. Hope you were reminded of just our great and loving Savior, Jesus Christ, and uh, how he provides for us in so many ways, how he gives to us and encourages us and reminds us through family and friends and these times that we get to gather together. And, and I know a lot of times at this, this time of year, um, it can be hard for us. Um, you know, I, I lost my dad at an early age and, and uh, it was um, right around just before the holiday season. And for many years, I, I struggled through the holiday seasons and, and uh, really just didn't find a whole lot of joy in the seasons uh, because of the, the loss and all that. But uh, so I don't want to be insensitive to that. But I do want to remind us today that uh, in the coming weeks, we are going to celebrate the glory of God. We are going to celebrate that God gave us a savior and we can have joy even in the toughest of moments, even in the hardest of seasons that uh, we have joy in Jesus. Amen to that. Let's give God a hand for that. All righty. Well, this morning, what I'd like to do, if you'd mark in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to look at a few verses. Last week, we talked about radical attitude of thanksgiving, a radical attitude of gratitude. And, and really, as Christians, as believers, we have a lot of things to be radical about just because our Savior is just so amazing. Our God is so good to us, and he's done such an amazing job of just shaping us and helping us to, to better understand, you know, just all that he has for us. Well, as we, we look at the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as we look at the things that Jesus did and the things that he modeled for us as he lived on this earth, we see all of these different little stories of life and things that happen. And Jesus always does something really interesting as he talks to us, as he shares with us, as he teaches us and guides us on this path that he has for us. And one of the things that he does is he gets straight to our hearts, doesn't he? Doesn't he just, just get straight to the heart of the matter? He doesn't beat around any bushes. He doesn't try and soften the blow in any ways, but he just points straight to the heart and he just goes right in with all that he is. Well, we see a story here in the gospel of, of Luke and also in the gospel of Mark. And it's, it's really a story of, of radical giving. It's this story that maybe we've looked at before and read and not really truly grasped or really understood. And, and we kind of get tidbits of it and, and little pieces of it. But it's really just the story of the widow and the mites. Are you guys familiar with that? We're going to read it here in just a second. In, in Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 21... We see a lady that, that is just willing to, to, to give everything she has, but yet she has very little. She has almost nothing by the standards of the time, but she's willing to give it all. In Luke 21, verses 1 through 4, and it'll be up on the screen. It says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he says this, again, he gets straight to the heart. He says, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. 
for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. She gave everything. See, isn't, isn't that a radical way of giving? Think about giving everything that you have, everything that you own for the gospel. Think about giving everything you have and everything you own so that others might have. See, that, that just doesn't happen in our culture today. See, what we see in our world today and even at that time is what Jesus saw is that, that people usually will give out of their abundance. You know, we'll usually give because, oh, we have a little bit extra over here because we were done spending and doing all our Black Friday shopping. Sorry, that wasn't meant to be a jab at anybody. <laughs> but you think about that. Yeah, I just really want us to, to kind of chew on this passage in a, in a sense of keeping it in our minds and thinking about what this lady did. I mean, first of all, we know that, that she was a widow. She didn't have a husband or, 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 or wasn't in a relationship. So there was already loss there. You know, and then it tells us that she has these two little coins that really aren't so significant that they can make such a difference in a way that, that maybe some others around her could make a difference in a way where they could just give even out of their abundance and it's still huge. And we would look upon them and say, oh wow, that person gave a lot of money or they did a lot. See, Jesus is getting straight to the heart and he's helping you and I to understand what it means to be a radical giver. And I think as Christians, we should give radically. We should give all that we have. And not just because Floyd says it, because the Bible teaches us that. It tells us that we are to die to ourselves, that we are to pick up our cross on a daily basis. And we are to live all out radically for Jesus. That term radical, rad, it'd be kind of a fun term to use for a while and just say, hey man, my brother's rad. He's a rad dude, you know. Jesus was rad. He really was. In every sense of the word, he was radical in the things that he did. He went against the times and he taught us something he, and he shot straight towards the heart. And when he touches the heart, when Jesus affects our hearts, I promise you, life will be changed. You know, I jokingly tell people when they're about to eat something different that they've never, never eaten before, that it's going to bring life change. You know, this, this thing's going to change your life forever. And sometimes it does because it opens our eyes, it opens our minds to something new and different and we just enjoy it and forevermore we start to go pour, towards different things and, and really enjoy them. Well, I say the same about Jesus to the, to the thousandth degree. That when we taste of this fruit, that it'll radically change us. It'll open our eyes, it'll open our minds, and it'll change our hearts to how we do life. And we'll live radically. We'll be radical givers. So this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd look at this passage that gives us a picture of radical giving and why we give and why we should give radically. And it's all about an attitude. It's all about the heart. And that attitude and that heart only comes from a Jesus, a Savior, a Messiah, 
that has already done radical things in our lives. I want you to think about this. The Gospel of John, John 3, 16 says this. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, it comes from a heart of love. It comes from a place that that each and every one of us should seek to move towards as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. So before we read this passage this morning, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, you've given us this family. We are family. We are the body of Christ. We are your children. And as we open up your word, as we seek to discover, Father, my prayer, our prayer is that you would speak to us, that you would show us the things that we need to see, that you would open our eyes to the things that you have for us. And Father, that we would become the people that you've created us to be. Lord, we know that only comes through Jesus Christ. We know that only comes through a heart change. Father, you tell us where our treasure is, there our heart will lie also. And Father, this morning we treasure your word. We treasure the things that you have for us, Lord. And we bring our hearts and we bow them before you and we ask that you would speak to us and that you would show us the things that you have for us and that by the power of your spirit that you would guide us, empower us, and that we would become radical Christians. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in 2 Corinthians Paul has a message for the church. And in chapter 8, and on a little side note, if you get a chance this week, I would encourage you to to read chapter 8 also because Paul gets to the heart of why we give and the benefits of taking care of the family of God, the church, the body of Christ, other believers. And chapter 8 and chapter 9, there's a lot of stuff in there. And of course, we couldn't cover it all this morning. But I'd encourage you to look at those two chapters this week when you get a moment and just prayerfully see God's guidance in that and how God would lead you in regards to that. But in chapter 9, verses 6 through 15, let's read those together. Paul says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing, and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his 
inexpressible gift. See, in our passage, we see four reasons why we should be radical givers. Why as the body of Christ, as followers of Jesus, we should be radical givers. And the first one that we see is that, that generosity, giving generously is a blessing. See, in verse six, he says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows bountiful will also reap bountiful. See, there's a blessing in giving. See, generous giving, it blesses us. See, I am blessed when I give. See, when we sow generously, we will also reap generously. You know, and this might, this might sound like the prosperity gospel, so please don't hear it as that. Because I think a lot of, a lot of pastors take this passage and they, they twist it a little bit in regards to saying, hey, if you, if you give a thousand dollars, God will give you a million dollars. And we know that's not true. We know, we know the realities of, of what the Bible teaches us when it comes to money and finances and the gifts that we've been given, the blessings that we have, the resources that God's entrusted us with, our time, our love, our talents, our finances. See, it's not a prosperity gospel, but it is a blessings gospel. Is God saying that if you plant bountifully, you will reap bountifully. You will receive the blessings that I've, I've, I've given you and want to give you and I offer you. See, Paul is using this familiar farm, uh, farming saying to help us understand that, that if we want more crops, we have to plant more seeds. Now, the Bible teaches us what? That the harvest is plentiful, but the what are few? The workers are few. God is saying the harvest is there. The seeds have been planted. The crops have been watered. But we need more workers for the field. We need more people that will plant more seed. We need more people that will, will pick the fruit. More people that will water. More people that will be the Christians that are radical givers. That see the blessings of giving to the community of God. See, the point is this. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25 says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. But whoever brings blessings will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. See, the one who blesses will he himself be blessed. Isn't that cool? I know I like to say cool all the time, but I just think things are cool. I, do, I just think they're cool. <laughs> I do. See, what, what Paul is telling us is that God will provide everything that we need. See, the Bible and God doesn't promise that we're going to be rich monetarily. If that, that's our goal and that's our heart and that's our hope, then I, I, I'm sorry, most likely you're going to be disappointed. But see, Jesus gets to the heart and he wants us to be generous with the things that we have. He wants us to plant bountifully. 
And I tell you what, if I were to go out and do that all by myself, you know what, I'd cover a little patch probably about this big and I'd be able to plant about 20 seeds before I got tired. Because <laughs> I don't like to plant seeds. <laughs> I don't like to trim my bushes. <laughs> you can ask Russ, he's been to my house before. He just shakes his head every time he looks at my bushes. He's <laughs> like, oh, Floyd. <laughs> but you know what, together as the church, as the body of Christ, I can do my part and you can do your part and Russ can do his part. <laughs> we can make a big difference in the world around us. See, we see here with this lady, she had nothing, yet it seems that she had everything because she was willing to give it all. She was willing to sacrifice it all. And maybe, just maybe, may, maybe she just, I mean, we don't know her heart. Maybe, maybe she understood the blessing. And maybe Jesus wasn't trying to bring attention to the ones that were giving generous, but more so attention to the lady that understood the blessing, that understood what it meant to give and sacrifice so that others could have even when we don't have a whole lot. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, I, I used to have a, well, I still have her. She's still a friend. She doesn't live here anymore. But I had a friend that, she was, she was a very generous lady, and I may have shared this with you guys before, but she, she had this saying that she would always throw at me, which kind of left me like speechless, which you know is hard to do. Um, you didn't catch that, did you? <laughs> But she would say this, she would, you know, she'd want to do something for me or my family. And, and I'd say, oh no, it's okay, we don't need that, we're okay, we're fine. And she would just look at me and she'd say, don't you dare rob me of this blessing. What, what could I say to that? She'd say, don't you dare rob me of this blessing. Don't you ever, ever think about stealing this from me. Because I understand being a blessing is a blessing. You know, she taught me a lot through that one little phrase about being generous and giving. You know, I, I think, and I'm afraid that in our fear, at times we, we rob ourselves of blessings. I think we, we're afraid to, to trust in and, and rely on the things that God has for us. And so we don't want to be a blessing. We're afraid to give and we end up robbing ourselves of some blessings. I don't know. See, giving to the church will make a difference. It does help us come together to create blessings in our community, to create blessings in the world around us. See, together as a body of Christ, we can make a bigger difference than I could ever make alone by myself. And I, and I pray that we, we grow in this area. Yeah, you know, I, I want to I say that our church is a very generous church. There's no question. You, you guys are generous people. Now, I'm not saying that you're not when I say that, but I'm saying that I hope and pray that we grow and grow and grow and we never stop growing. Because again, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We need more workers. We need to pray that God would bring more workers so that we could reap the bounty of what God is producing. Well, the next thing that we see here is that generous giving is God-honoring. Verse 7 in our passage says, each one must give, circle must give, 
because there's a command in that. As he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, I, I visited a church one time and I, I, I struggled with this, I'll be honest with you, but, but I really appreciated what they did because I, was, I struggled with it just for the fact that, that I was fearful that it might create an inauthentic moment. Um, but but I, I know there's authenticity in it, so I'm not trying to be critical of it. But, but uh, I visited a church one time and uh, during their, their offering time, what the pastor had them do is he had them raise their offering envelopes or their checks or whatever they were bringing to, to give to God. And um, they, they applauded, they celebrated, they, they gave praise to God, you know. And I just thought, you know, that was really cool because they, they looked at their offering time as, as an opportunity to worship and give thanks to honor and glorify God. And it's reflective of this passage here. It says God loves a cheerful giver. See, God cares about the motivation of our giving. He cares about why we give and how we give. You know, it's not reluctantly, oh shoot, you know, the pastor's talking about giving. I think I got a dollar, let me pull it out. And I'm not saying a dollar is less than or more than. I'm just saying what Bible teaches us is that we should be a, a, a joyful giver. And, and when we're joyful, it pleases God. It honors God in our giving. I think about that. That when we're generous, when we're radical givers, it honors God. And I, again, I'm going to point back to this widow because I think that's what Jesus was telling us here. She didn't give reluctantly. She gave all that she had. And she knew the blessings of it. And she understood. See, this, this whole passage here is, is really just a standard for our giving. Paul is helping us to understand how to give. And how we should give. And it's cheerfully. It's joyfully. It's in praise, it's in worship, it's to honor God. It's to celebrate it and to give thanks for everything that God has done for us. Knowing that we'll take that aspect and we're going to use it to plant and water and create a harvest by spreading the gospel and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in the world around us. That's what Paul is talking about here in this passage in chapters 8 and 9. That's what Paul is referring to, the financial support of forwarding and moving the gospel forward. And the heart of it is Paul saying, this honors God. Generosity will honor God. So give cheerfully. See, I, I think that when we begin to understand the value of giving, we will become radical givers. You don't have to answer out loud. I, I just want to ask you, maybe ask yourself, how, how do you see giving? I mean, what does it mean to you when, you, when, you, when the offering plate is passed or you put it in the box? What, what does it mean to you? I, I want you to take that thought and I want to offer this thought. 
when you think about giving anything, whether it's financial, whether it's your time, your talents, or your love, whatever resource God has given you, whenever, whenever you think about that, always put a person next to it. Because the heart of that is people. The heart of what we do when we give is so that we can reach somebody, so that we can share with somebody the hope and the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. I want to challenge us as a church to do that. To think about when we give, always put a person next to it. Always understand it and know that God wants people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think that's what Paul was telling to the Corinthians here. He's helping them to understand the opportunity that they have to provide for the believers in Jerusalem to further the gospel of Jesus Christ, to pursue and to give. And I want to ask you this, as you think about that, what can you give to God and his work that you aren't giving today? What do you have that God has given you that you could give so that others are blessed? It's a tough question. See, God loves a cheerful giver and we should give freely. And we do it to glorify God and to honor others. Well, the third thing that we see here is generous giving is confident. And you might think, confident, what does that mean? Well, in verses 8 through 10, he says this, and I love this portion of this passage. He says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is giving you everything you need in all times and at all times. And as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And then I want you to circle a couple of portions in verse 10. It says, and he who supplies seed, circle he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, again, will supply, circle that, and multiply, circle that, your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. See, sometimes I think we have fear to give in confidence or to give radically because we forget who is given. We forget where we get what we have. I think at times we, we, we don't give in confidence because we're so dependent on ourselves and providing for ourselves and making things happen that we become fearful because we know our own, how would I say it, our own, I lost the word. <laughs> Our own limits, thank you. <laughs> our own limits. But right here, he's telling us that our God is limitless. So we, we can be generous with confidence because he's given us all things at all times and forever to the end of the age. Joshua says, what? Famous passage. He says, be courageous, right? He tells us to be courageous. Why? Because I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. Be courageous. See, I think sometimes we have to remember in our confidence that we can be confident in God and not in ourselves. 
I think this is why Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4. And it's a familiar passage because a lot of people have used this for different applications. But I think it applies to the aspect of giving here and understanding who owns and who gives and who provides and why we hold our hands like this and not like this. Paul says this in verse 11 and 12. He says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. What do you think that secret is? Well, my best guess is that it's a, it's a dependency and a trust in God. It's knowing that God will provide all things at all times. And no matter whether I have a lot or I have a little, I know what it is to have both. But no matter the circumstance, I will count it all joy. I will be thankful. See, because Jesus is the secret. Remember, Jesus is always the answer, if you're ever wondering what the answer to the question is. Jesus is always the answer, no matter what the question is. You know, I just, you know, again, I think as, as believers, we should be biblical givers. And whether we think that we should give a tenth of our income, whether we think we should give generously with all our heart and joyfully, whether we think we should give 5%, whether we think we should give 20%, I just say, do it confidently. Do it believing and trusting that God provides for all of our needs. Do it in a biblical manner to honor and glorify God. Be a blessing knowing that it is a blessing. And then do it for this very last reason. Because generous giving is evangelistic. Everyone knows the definition of being an evangelist, right? Everyone in this room that proclaims Jesus as their Savior is an evangelist. You are evangelists. I know that's a big scary term because a lot of us say, Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not getting up there, Floyd. Sorry. But the term translated evangelist just means to proclaim and we can proclaim Jesus with our words, with our life, and with our resources. So generous giving is evangelistic. Verses 13 through 15, Paul just brings it all full circle. He says, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. And the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Again, putting a person right there. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. And then he says this in 15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. John 3.16 I would want to, and I did in my notes here, replace inexpressible with this radical gift. What God did for us through Jesus Christ was radical. 
I hope you see that and I know you, I hope you understand that. I hope you know that today, that the expression of his love for us through Jesus Christ is something that God did and it was radical. The shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ was radical. See, and it's radical, radical because God looked on us and he said, I am going to give you my grace. Even though you are yet sinners, even though you are still wandering and doing your own thing, I am going to send my son to pay the price that you need to pay. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death. That because of our sin, we deserve to die. But God so loved the world. And I would, I'd put your name in there. God so loved, and I'll pick on Russ, because he loves Russ, that he gave his only begotten son so that Russ would believe and so that Russ wouldn't perish, that death has been defeated. See, that's the radical gift that God has given you and I. That is the reason why you and I should be radical givers because radical giving is evangelistic. I just want to ask us as we close here, I want to ask you, just ask yourself, are, are you giving radically? Are you, are you giving in a way that the world around you is hearing and seeing and knowing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to ask us this morning as we close and as we sing these last couple of songs and as we come forward and remember what Jesus did for us, as we remember the, the body that was broken and the blood that was shed, I want us to, to make the commitment not, not to each other. We don't, we don't have to say, hey, I'm going to give this or I'm going to do this to each other. But I want us to make the commitment with God. Just on our own, by ourselves, just say, God, you know what? There's some things that I haven't been given because I've been fearful. I haven't been confident. I don't understand the blessings of being a blesser. God, I, I want to give to you. I want to submit to you and surrender to you the things that you've given me. I, I want to trust you in ways that I've never trusted you before. Father, I want to put my heart where my treasure is and you are my treasure. God, I want to be obedient and live for you in a way like I've never done before. So this morning as, as we do that, I just want to encourage you don't do it alone. Remember, we, we have a family and, and even though I can only get four feet of, of space tilled and planted and all that stuff, if every one of us does our portion, before you know it, we have acres and acres of soil that's not only planted, but it's also watered. And the harvest is bountiful and the workers are not few because everyone is doing their part. Everyone is contributing. Everyone is giving radically. 
I want to close with this passage from 1 Peter as a reminder of what we're going to celebrate, what we're going to do right now as we remember, as we come forward, and as we give. 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25. It says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed for you were strained like sheep but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Thanks be to God for this inexpressible, this radical gift. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this gift. We thank you for Jesus Christ and everything that he's done for us, everything that you continue to do through us. Lord, I thank you for this family. I thank you for the blessings of and just all that you're doing, not only in my life, but in the life that they're living. Father, because everything that they're doing to grow and discover and to honor and glorify you reflects upon me and encourages me and reminds me of the hope and the love, the peace and the joy that the gospel of Jesus Christ brings, not only to my life, but to the life of those that are in front of them. Lord, this morning as we bow our hearts, as we come forward and we just remember as we remember the sacrifice that you made for us, the love that you showed us on the cross. Lord, we we understand and we know that it all started with the birth, this miraculous birth that you sent your son as a child in flesh to reveal yourself to us, to help us to know and to, to understand this love in a way that that we may not have understood before. Father, that as we we look to the cross, we also remember the birth. We also remember the life that Jesus lived for us, the things that he taught us and showed us, the things that you desire for us, Father. Father, right now in these moments, as we remember that, the love that you offered us and the hope you've given us, Lord, we we bow our hearts to you and and we ask that that you would forgive us. Forgive us of our sin, Father. Father, we are are selfish and we are self-righteous. Father, I pray that you would wash me and cleanse me of any unrighteousness. Father, that my sin wouldn't stand in the way of the things that you want to do, not only in me, but through me. Father, I I confess with my heart, confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he came and he died so that I can have life. But I, I pray that together as your children, that as we remember the sacrifice, as we remember the love, as we accept the hope that is Jesus Christ, that we would do so in a way that that just extends out to the world around us, that would be reminded that, that our gifts are a reflection of your gift and that we would be radical givers, Father. In everything that we say and everything that we do, with everything that you've given us, Lord, 
Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you for these moments. We thank you for your love and your grace. And we come before you and we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.